Hey there, and welcome to the Two Mom Life Podcast, a show for moms like us balancing it all and ready to live an inspired and full life. Everybody, welcome. I'm your host, Jody Fried, mom of four, Jewish community professional, and mother's empowerment coach. Motherhood is a journey, and on this podcast, inspired by Jewish thought, you will learn from other moms, receive practical advice, and loads of inspiration. Motherhood is messy and certainly not perfect. So here is to mom life, to finding your way, to finding perfect moments. Here is to you. One of the things that I absolutely love about the Two Mom Life podcast is that I get to talk to so many wonderful people about so many different topics and then bring it all here to you so that you can gain from that wealth of knowledge as well. Now we address a whole gamut, a whole slew of different topics here. And what I love, love, love is that you can pick and choose the ones that resonate with you today on your motherhood journey the ones that are going to make the biggest impact for you. You can choose whether you want to hear from the speech pathologist. You can choose to listen to the episode with a dentist about supporting your child's tooth health. You can choose to listen to the episode about self-care. And today we're bringing you an episode on a topic that we have never addressed before on the Two Mom Life podcast, and that is learning Torah with your children. So if this is a topic that resonates with you, listen in, because my guest Hannah Kupitz offers some really awesome, pretty, um, a little bit out of the box advice on how to connect with your children around Torah around learning these stories and traditions that we hold so dear in Judaism. So this is for you. This episode is for you if you are from, if you're religious, if you're not religious at all, and just kind of want to give your children a little exposure and have never studied Torah with them before, or if this is something that you do on a regular basis and want to kind of make it a little more exciting or bring in some new ideas to help, um, to help improve your experience. There's never, never too much learning Torah that we can do. There's never too much Torah learning that we can do. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed speaking with Hannah. If you loved the episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or share the episode with your friends. We all, we all gain when we share with each other. So thank you so much and enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Two Mom Life podcast. It's so great to be here with you. And I so appreciate you taking the time to tune in here and spend your time here with me and my guests. So today we're taking a little bit of a different direction. We're addressing a topic that I've never addressed here before on the podcast. Really excited to have my friend Hannah Kupitz here with me. We spent some time together many, many years ago in Israel. And we are going to talk about learning Torah with your children. So new topic, very exciting. It's like a new year for us with lots of new opportunities. So Hannah, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you. Yeah, awesome. So can you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Let us know who you are, 
and what you do. Yeah. So hi, everyone. Thank you for, for having me and thank you for listening. My name is Hannah. I grew up in Israel, actually. My parents are from Denver. I'm in Made Aliyah, I guess about 40 years ago now. So I grew up in Israel, but I came to the United States about 10 years ago. And I moved around, lived in Boston and Minnesota. And now my family lives in D.C., I taught Hebrew and Jewish studies in day schools in Minnesota and in D.C. I have two children that are young but growing up. Uh, I have a son who's six and a daughter who's three, and my wife is pregnant. So we're expecting our third one pretty soon. And I work at Hadar, where I I work with um, children and families programs and content and this exciting magazine that we recently started publishing. So awesome. Wow. Very, very cool. And we'll get into the juice of the magazine a little bit later. Okay. So I'm really excited to talk about this topic of learning Torah with one's kids, because sometimes it feels like learning Torah with our children should be inherent. It should just be like intuitive, but it's not. (laughs) So what does it mean to learn Torah? And what does it mean for a child to learn Torah? Yeah, I think that I think about that a lot. And I think that before I had kids, it seemed to me like, oh, of course you, you know, I love Torah. I learned Torah. Therefore, of course, I will learn Torah with my kids because it's, you know, really special, but it's kind of a different thing. And I think, I think about Torah can be a lot of different things. And I think that one of the barriers sometimes feels like, you know, I, I feel like, Sometimes, especially as kids go into schools, sometimes it feels like education and the Jewish education sort of shifts and it goes more into the role of schools. And it feels like, well, my kids have teachers and what they do is they provide the Jewish education and that's sort of their role. And sometimes it feels like the relationship that kids have with with their teachers when it works can be really, really good. And for like me, all of a sudden to place myself and say, well, I'm also a teacher. Like sometimes I feel like that sometimes that doesn't work. I know a lot, a lot of parents who said I have the knowledge and I can teach my kid and still I'm paying for a tutor to learn with my kid because something in the relationship just isn't working. And, and it's not, it's not helpful for the learning and it's not good for the relationship. But I think that learning Torah with kids can be really, really special. And I think it's, it's a way for, you know, I, I remember when I was, as a kid, the first time we started learning Torah, they put honey on this board with the letters and we licked it. And it was about, you know, it was about the sweetness of Torah and being introduced to that. And also it can be hard. I also, I also have a memory of like coming home with homework and the homework was to read the verses, these sukim that we learned three times at home and have our parents sign it. And that's how we learn Torah. And that was more like, you know, not less about the sweetness and more about the rigor of Torah learning. I identify with so much about what you said. And I'm just thinking of like doing math at home with my kids and trying to teach them throughout the summer. And it's the same thing, you know, it's just the different, the different subjects and the different topics. And also, um, I don't know, do you have any perspective of whether it's harder or easier to work with kids who are maybe not in the Jewish school system who are like in public schools? Like, what's that like? Yeah, I think, and I, I think about that a lot. I think, I mean, some of the programs that we do are, you know, families that homeschool or families that their kids are in public school are really excited about Jewish programming for their kids because they're not getting that at school. But there's also a, like, 
if my kid is in school all day and then I'm trying to add in more learning afterwards, that's hard. And I don't want it to feel like here's more learning and you have to do it. Um, and it's on top of that because, uh, and after you're at school, you want to hang out and do extracurricular activities and things like that, but you have to do more learning and that can feel challenging. And I think for families that are homeschooling, there's like sort of this feeling of like, always looking, you know, always being sort of like on the market for like, what is, you know, what's the right thing? And, and is there socializing there? You know, is there like a social network? Or is it just the learning? And is the learning like, you know, kind of like, I want to vet it, whereas like, a, I feel like sometimes with a day school, it's like, are we aligned? Are we not aligned? Okay, once I make that decision, like I send my kids off, and that's they're more or less like, I know what's happening. Whereas I feel like if you're creating your own homeschooling experience, then there's more, you know, you're picking and choosing and you want to know what is my child being exposed to and what is the agenda and what is the learning and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So I think you've touched on this a little bit, but maybe you can expand on some of the challenges that parents face when learning Torah or trying to learn Torah with their children. Yeah. So I think the first one is something that probably all parents feel is there isn't time. Um, it's just, you know, it's so hard. And I feel like, you know, when you want to learn Torah with your kid, you want it to feel like, okay, I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not in the middle of baking something that's about to come out, or I'm not like in the middle of a load of laundry or trying to like watch this one who's doing their homework and this one who's doing this other thing, but just kind of sit and have this special time. And it's really hard to sort of put everything aside and, and create that bubble of time. And even if you do, sometimes it could be like, I'm ready. And I say to my son, like, Hey, you want to learn some Torah? And he's like, no, I want to play with my Legos. And that, so that could feel challenging. And I think another really big challenge is that I think that a lot of times we feel like I don't actually have the expertise. I'm not, I'm not trained in this, you know, like, okay, maybe I can open the Torah and read it in the English, but I'm not, I'm not a teacher. You know, I taught second grade Jewish studies, but I might not feel like I can teach, you know, as my kid grows up, I might feel like, well, I can't teach him when he's fit in fifth grade and wants to learn Mishnah, or I want him to learn Mishnah. And so that can feel, I think, really challenging the, the feeling of like, I need to outsource because I can't do it myself and I don't have the ability to do it. I think that that could feel like a big barrier. And I also feel like so much of the time where we kind of are in the role of like disciplinarian or like, I, I need to make you do this homework or that homework or this thing. And we don't want Torah to feel that way. Like, here's another thing that I'm making you do, but we kind of, we just want it to be like really nice, but it doesn't always feel that way. Or it's really hard to figure out how to make it be like, it's just something that we really love doing and we want to do together. Yeah. And I think there's a fear around that because I remember growing up and, you know, stepping into adulthood and I've worked in the Jewish community for so many years now that I feel this fear so often with parents wanting Judaism, wanting like the Judaism to feel fun and exciting with their kids, but having had negative experiences themselves, whether it's judgment from other people or having to do more work on top of their schoolwork in order to learn Hebrew or learn their bar about mitzvah parsha or whatever. There's so many negative associations that parents today have around Judaism and practicing Judaism that I think, you know, they're scared. They want their children to be Jewish and learn Torah 
on whatever level, you know, wherever they're at, but there's this fear of, of, well, you know, what all of these like negative associations and not wanting to pass that on to the next generation. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I feel like that makes me so sad because I feel like sometimes it's, it sort of like creates a cycle where it's like, I'm so, I'm so nervous. And I hear these voices in my head that I end up, it sort of paralyzes me and I end up not doing sort of like anything because I'm worried of not doing it right. And, and for my, I don't want my children to have the associations that I had. So I'm trying to give something else, but then is that the right thing? Um, You know, I grew up Orthodox in Israel. And I feel both like, I feel like that's not what I chose for exactly for myself, but I want my kids to have the choice and the richness of all of, you know, of, of the way that, that I learned and then they can make their choices. But if I don't, you know, if, if we don't learn together, then they might not have that. So interesting. Okay. Any other challenges that you want to highlight or that you think are, I think, that the, I think that those are the main ones. And I, and I also have some suggestions sort of like thinking about like how to sort of like overcome those. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk more about that. What are some ideas on how to approach Torah learning? to set everyone up. So I think like I would start with, don't think of it as I'm teaching my child Torah, but rather like I'm learning with my kid. And it doesn't have to be that, you know, it could be even sometimes the dynamic is the other way around. Like if your kid maybe learns something in school or in synagogue or something like that, like maybe they actually know something that you don't yet know. And then it allows them to be the teacher. And you're the one who's kind of like listening and learning with them and from them. And I think that sometimes it could also be that we're approaching this text together. I don't have the answers. We're just going to read it together and wonder about it and ask questions. And then we can learn together. You know, like when my child asks me, like, how do earthquakes happen? I don't always know all of the answers, but I'll say, I'm not totally sure. I know that rocks melt, but, you know, let's learn about it a little bit more. Let's open a book or let's Google it and we'll find out together. It's okay to not have all the answers, especially like in this world where there's so much information, it's impossible to always know. And that's okay. I think also thinking about how no question is a bad question from kids. And I think that sometimes like it feels like kids are asking questions to be annoying or to be provocative or like, let me think of the most extreme and exaggerated circumstance. Um, I was in um, an online Mishnah class and someone said, well, what if this person was drunk and they were carrying this huge weight? There's like, you know, just creating this like impossible situation. But rather than say, like, that's a silly question, I'm not answering that, you're just asking it to be provocative, like, actually, let's try and think about it, what would it be like, what would that what would the answer to that question be? Um, And, and use that as an invitation to engage with the with the text and engage with the learning. I love that. And that's just a good reminder in general (laughs) for moms out there and dads is just like, engage on those kind of annoying questions. I catch myself there a lot and I don't engage as much as I should. <laughs> but um but it really is an invitation to go deeper and learn with and from our children. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think like I just would say one of my teachers, Rabbi Ethan Tucker, says like he talks about the way that he has learned with his kids. And he says like take kids seriously and treat them as adults in training that. And one of the things that I think about is 
how can we take texts? Granted, we should be thoughtful about what we're learning. You know, there's there are subjects that are very sensitive and are not appropriate for all, for you know for younger kids, and that is a hundred percent true. And we should be thoughtful about what we learn. But there's a lot of things that. Like rather than say like the kids are too young to think about it, to have thoughts about it, they might have different questions when they're five than they will when they're eight or 10 or 15, but they're not necessarily too young to elicit thoughts and questions about, about material. Yeah. And fostering that curiosity at a young age can only set them up for success later on. And I want to, I think, I want to say two things that kind of contradict each other. I want to say on one hand, I would say, set a time and like, think about what is a time in the week that maybe it's over the weekend. I think that's probably like the best time to aim for like sometime that's like a little bit more relaxed that maybe what's happening is, you know, some of the kid, either like all of the kids are around or some kids are busy and they're kind of self-sufficient. And, you know, if you want to be learning with one of your kids or with all of the kids for us, I know that it's at the Shabbat table because when we come to the dinner, we, it's like, this is our family time. We're sitting together for dinner. We're going to have a really nice conversation about your highlights of the week or something that you did in school. And our kids are just all over the place. They're like jumping around in their seats and it feels so frustrating. And if I said, Hey, do you want to talk about what's in the Parsha? I am sure that they will say no, and they will have no interest. But if I start telling a story about the Parsha, that's the hook because kids love stories and I don't always know all of the story or if I didn't have a chance, but what I'll do is I'll just grab a humash and I'll even look at the English and I'll just tell in my own words what I'm reading. So I'm not, you know, I don't have to remember it. I don't have to know it by heart. I'm just paraphrasing, you know, and telling the story in my own words. Sometimes I'll pause and they'll have questions or sometimes they'll interrupt me with questions. And that really feels like it's sort of like our hook and our way in. And the other thing that I want to say that sort of contradicts that is while I recommend trying to set a time in the week and putting saying like, this is sort of like the time that we're going to aim for and try to make this time for learning to also think of like all time can be a good time for Torah and to just sort of be like, even though sometimes like these questions come out of nowhere and they're kind of like annoying and we're really, we're rushing to get the door now, but maybe right now I can't answer you because I'm waiting for you to get your shoes and socks on and put your backpack on and get in the car. But maybe once we're in the car, we can have that conversation and I can answer your question that felt at the time, like, what is this question right now? But actually it's really thoughtful. And now we can have this conversation with the family and to just feel like, any time could be, you know, the right time and not get so bogged down with like, this is from four to five on Saturday afternoon. That's going to be the time that we're going to learn. Yeah. I love that. And it also, I think just highlights that, you know, there's a way to do it no matter what and different things work for different people. And also different things work for different people at different times. So one week it might work to have a set time and everyone kind of might be on board with that and it might work well. And the next week when you try that, it might totally flop and no one might be interested. And then you might find yourself like just weaving it in wherever, kind of wherever it fits and wherever it works. And, and it's all okay. And that's one of the beauties about life and 
Torah is that Torah is a way of life and there's so much to glean and learn from it and pass on to our kids. And there's no one way, there's no one way to do it. And there's no one way to teach it. There's no one time. Yeah. And also I think it's, it's such a great idea. It's kind of take the pressure off a little bit and know that you don't have to be the expert. You know, you're the parent and you're helping show the way and you're helping to guide, but you don't, you really don't have to know it all. And you can just pick up a chumash or pick up a, the little midrash says or whatever it is and, and get some insight into one little aspect of the Parsha that week, you know, of some halacha and pass that on and start there and see what comes and where it goes. Now, something else that I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about and that I think can be a great tool for for bringing Torah into our lives and and helping make it fun is this publication that you work on called Devash. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So Devash means honey. It is. So Devash is a weekly Parsha magazine that makes Torah learning sweet. And so the magazine is designed, I would say, like, we're saying that it's for kids ages 7 to 11, um, that they can read independently or with their families or with teachers. I will say, as an adult, I've read the magazines cover to cover, and I think that there's just so much there. There's 12 pages of content. I would say there's two different types of content that are there. One is you don't really need to know much about the Parsha. You can just come to it and read it. To, there's not a lot of engagement with it necessarily. So we have the cover will always have sort of like overview of what is in the Parsha. And then we also have a few sections that are, tell me more about this, where there's like, there's something in the Parsha that we kind of pick out and share a little bit more about it. So in, in our first copy, it's what kind of tree was Etzadad, the tree of knowledge? People always think it's an apple tree, but nowhere in the Torah or in Midrashim does it actually suggest that it was an apple tree and just kind of expanding on that. Or there's a one minute debate that is kind of like a game form of a discussion question where you don't really need to know a lot about the Parsha. For example, why were the humans created last? Was it because they are the most important? Is it to teach them humility? And I think that that could be, you know, like, I feel like those sections could be really good, even for kids that are younger, that are learning it with their families, even if they're not yet reading, they can still be part of that. And then there are other sections in the magazine where there are more, I would say probably more text heavy, there's more learning happening there. If someone is teaching it in a day school or in a synagogue or something like that, like those are sections that could really become like a lesson plan, even for parents learning with their kids. I think that there's, you know, kids can sit and read them on their own, but also parents can learn them with their kids. And there's always like, for example, there's a section on Midrash. The Midrash is broken up into sections. So you can, you don't have to do all of it. If your kids are kind of like in second grade and they're interested, but they're just starting to learn it, you could just do the first half. And there's always discussion questions there. So it's really talking about feeling like, I don't know, you know, I'm not a teacher and I don't, I didn't have a chance to read the Parsha. The last time I read the Parsha was when I was in shul and that was, you know, or March, 2020. Um, and so this sort of, this like, I think provides this like resource with questions. It makes it much, much easier. Some of it, older kids 
might sit and find the sections that they like best and they just sit and read them. And other sections, maybe there's more learning that's happening together. And one of the things that I think is really exciting about it is that with 12 pages there, some people will read it cover to cover, maybe adults, maybe some very precocious kids. But I think also a lot of people like we recommend just like some people pick up the New York Times and some people read this, the science and some people read the real estate and some people are really interested in the, in the comics, like make this magazine your own take what you like. You don't have to, it's not a package deal where you must read a hundred percent of it or don't take it. We just want to provide really engaging and exciting Torah for kids and for families to be able to learn together. That's awesome. And what I loved from what I saw is exactly what you're saying. It, it combines the critical thinking and curiosity. And I remember there being some activities I think where, you know, that we're engaging where kids could, I don't know, do whatever, you know, I know you didn't mention it, but I think that this magazine can in itself be a really engaging tool to learn Torah with your children, at least the Parsha of the week, you know, the, the weekly Parsha. So thank you for sharing it with us. And thank you for spending the time here with me to, you know, have this conversation. Where can people find or subscribe to Devash if they want. Yeah. Awesome. So um, if you go to hadar.org slash Devash, D-E-V-A-S-H, you'll find the magazine. Um, the magazine is being printed and mailed both to individual families, but also in bulk orders to synagogues and schools and after-school programs. But there's also a digital download for every magazine. So you can all, if you miss the deadline or if you're not sure that you want it and you just want to kind of try it out, there's a PDF of the magazines that you'll be able to access um, and check it out for yourself if you want to before you commit to ordering the magazine. That is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And guys, I really encourage you to check it out. We'll put all the links um, and Hannah's information as well in the show notes of this episode so that you can check out the magazine. You can get in touch with her and follow up if you have any thoughts or questions. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for listening. If you love this episode, we so appreciate it. If you share it with your friends, share it with one person who you think would benefit from hearing more um, about this episode or more about the podcast. It really, it takes a village and we all need to lean on each other. So if you can share this with one person by email, text, social media, it means the world to us and you'll be doing someone else a favor. Thanks again and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Two Mom Life podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please remember to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about me and my work helping moms feel filled up and in balance, or helping moms integrate family adventures, big and small, into mom life, or to explore how we can work together, visit my website, loveadventuremom.com, or find me on Facebook and Instagram at the handle Love Adventure Mom. Till next time, l'chaim to life.